Thanks for finding again Organic Matters. Uh, a little bit deep subject. I'm going to do it first uh, for this week, though, because I think it it, it, it has value. And then in a sentence, and then I'll get more specific than you want. It has to concern with over-the-counter sales of specifically medically important livestock antibiotics here in the United States. Because it's changing, folks. It will end on June 11th of this year, 2023. These medications will still be available, but they'll require veterinary prescriptions going forward. Owners have remarked that it's already difficult or impossible to source antibiotics used to treat livestock. While it's supply chain issues for some, for many it's a result of drug manufacturers following the guidance for industry, otherwise the established rules, which was issued back by the Food and Drug Administration back two years ago, June of 2021. And evidently just hasn't been enforced. And I'm going to throw myself into this because I happen to know a person that really personally went through this. The intent of this is to, to combat antimicrobial resistance. What's happening, folks, to the drugs we use in our animals because it's beginning to f- affect the ability to use these drugs for us, for humans. And here I'm going to tell you a quick story because I am directly in touch with a situation that, that, that points out exactly what the problems with these antibiotic drugs were. I had a friend, and I was a teacher, and I had special needs kids, and some of them were really good guys, and, they need, and he would hire my, my children for after hours and even during school. It was part of the school curriculum, having said that. I'm not going to use their names because I haven't asked them, but the story's the same. So when I go away from school, I'm gone a few years. I come back to the community I live in, and I go, to be honest, to a pizza parlor to have a pizza and beer. And this gentleman was sitting at the bar. And coincidentally, I'm actually sitting at the building where one of my students helped him to work and remake this building from whatever it was. I think it was a laundromat into a pizza parlor. Okay? But... I get to talking to him, and I look, and I'm on his his left side, and once he grabs the beer and takes a drink, he doesn't have a right arm. From about the elbow down, his, his, his arm's gone. Uh, again, I can't use his name. Let's call him Joe. So I said, Joe, what happened to your arm? So he gives me a long story, which I hope to cut short. He was what he does for a living. He's a carpenter and realtor, and he rebuilds and things, and he ran a nail through his hand, uh, just a part of it. It wasn't, he says, pulled the nail out, you know, went on back to work. Didn't think much of it. That happened before. And a week or so goes by, and he's, and he's getting this hand getting really inflamed. And it's just not healing right, so he thinks, I better go have it looked at. So he does. Sure enough, there's a secondary infection in it. Mm, not too cool. So they treat it. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. Pretty soon, he ends up in the hospital with a thing called MRSA, methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus errans. In eighth grade education, which I at least have, uh, it's, it's a, his body's built up a resistance to the use of the antibiotic that could ordinarily have fixed the problem. Well, that's what this antimicrobial resistance laws are all about. This is going on more and more and more. We're getting people, especially in hospitals, that come in with pretty minor, what would have been a minor problem, and we don't have anything to cure it anymore. And where's that resistance coming from? Well, we found out. It's from the repeated and persistent use of antibiotics in the livestock 
and other foods too to some degree and if you you know include livestock chickens and everything that we've been doing for years it needs to be much more tightly controlled for the sake of all of us and of course the farmers and ranchers are fighting this battle oh it doesn't it does folks way way much more persistent than we thought it, it, it's something that has got to be considered. So this law, originally put into place in June 11th, 2021, is now going to be enforced as of June 11th, 2023. The FDA's intent is to combat antimicrobial resistance, AMR, which here we go again, to drugs also used in humans. It isn't just limited to animals that enter the food chain, but also to, are applicable to all livestock and those companion animals. GFI number 263 is the name of the bill, okay, recommends that manufacturers of affected veterinary drugs voluntarily change their labels to reflect a new prescription-only status and obtain FDA approval prior to the 2023 uh, June effective date. Drugs that have been submitted for relabeling are listed on the FDA's website. You can go look at it, folks. They're there. With status updates as they move through the process, which, again, has got to be finished by June of this year. This is according to Ann Norris. She's an FDA health communication specialist that I came across her writings. The FDA intends to allow unlabeled inventory remaining in distribution channels to be depleted rather than recalled or thrown away. So at least a little bit of an extension, but that's good. Well, it's really not good. I think they should have ever been there, but that's another story. Now, folks, let me inject here as my kind of left view I live on life. I am not for, unless necessary, bureaucratic um, control over things that usually the bureaucrats don't know much about. Okay? <laughs> That's what politics uh, do to people. But in this case, we do know about it, and we do know what its negative sides are, and it is something that we actually knew to address a decade ago and have just gotten around to it again because of the strength of the drugs and the big giant corporations that have the money and the power to influence such decisions. To access medically important antibiotics going forward, animal owners will be required to establish a veterinary client-patient relationship. Everything's got an acronym, VCPR. The definition of VCPR varies from state to state, and it can be obtained by contacting the state's veterinary medical board. Some states require, at a minimum, an annual on-site visit. Going to get complicated. So it's strongly recommended that animal owners establish these VCPRs during the transition period. Now, folks, so a veterinarian can come and be familiar with their animals' risk and management. Plans can be developed for a variety of scenarios, such as when the veterinarian is unable or doesn't deem it necessary to visit. This is critical for owners in areas lacking veterinarians or veterinarians with the desired species speciality. Just an aside to kind of throw a wrench in this a little bit. Currently, according to the American Veterinary Medical Association, listen to this, only 5.2% of vets practice large animal and livestock care anymore. When this fact is considered with a recent Mars Veterinary Health Report, which incidentally indicates that in the U.S. we will need about 40,000 additional veterinarians just to meet the needs of companion animals, which are getting really big here, folks, by the year 2030. So it becomes apparent the prognosis for livestock not looking very good. While the change is likely 
to achieve the desired result for reducing the use of medically important antimicrobials, which we need, folks, producers caution there will be unintended consequences. Animals that would have received treatment with low-cost, accessible, over-the-counter drugs are probably going to go without treatment because of the increased cost outweighs the potential income from that animal. Some fear, I'm kind of in this cage, I think, it'll be more economical to euthanize than treat, and animals may suffer needlessly, especially from delayed treatment if they do get it. And another thought is producers have already expressed fear that they'll be charged with animal neglect when they're unable to access a veterinary clinic. Another thing that may happen here is is they're going to start looking more and more to alternatives, which I've done even in my own life. While many are opposed to the change, others embrace it and have begun exploring what we call alternatives to antibiotics. There's some risk in this as well, though, as the efficiency and efficacy of many anecdotal treatments have just not been proven in studies yet. The FDA prohibits any supplier from making health claims about products that aren't reviewed and approved by them, the FDA, government in the business again, a process that requires manufacturers to prove the product is both safe and effective, makes sense, while preventing companies from marketing unsafe products and those with unsubstantiated claims. This also makes it more difficult to know how and when to use alternative treatments. And folks, without making a big deal, that has to go for us too. I happen to like alternatives, but they need to be proven. Let me tell you about alternatives for us in animals. If you find anything that's, that's been proven and, and, and uh, proved by the German chemical companies or German drug companies, you can pretty much believe them. They, they practice what they preach. A number of things in the United States, both for animals and us, that are put on the market and said to be uh, efficient or have a high efficacy rate, it's, it's just untrue, but there's nobody in charge of drug sanitarium at this time. Just as with us, humans, certain drugs may have adverse side effects when combined with herbs that haven't been thoroughly studied and tested. If owners diagnose their own animals but get the diagnosis wrong, therefore selecting the wrong treatment, it could make matters much worse. When in doubt, I still have to say consult a veterinarian. I want them to be in business, but it's uh, it's a growing concern when the treatment of, of, of these even companion animals can get into the thousands of dollars, and if you don't do it, you feel guilty. If you don't get it done, but yet there's there's a point that that, especially for people with companion animals, a number of those people are limited in income, and and part of why they need the animal they have. So, kind of in the long term, these changes could also impact the diversity of animals that are raised. Some producers are selecting for individual animals, breeds, or species with stronger immune systems. In the dairy operations, for example, animals prone to mastitis will become a greater, greater liability with reduced access to treatment and will be more likely to just be culled from the whole business. When animals are selected for hardiness on an individual basis, this practice can improve a breed. However, domestic breeds or species that are notorious for their fragility may become too costly to maintain. As a result, fewer producers will be willing to keep them, which could result in them being placed in conservation or threatened species status. So in summary... There'll be cost and benefits of the implement of this GFI number 263 bill. And as with all change, 
It's not going to be comfortable all the time. Up until now, many have relied on fellow livestock enthusiasts to offer advice on treatment and protocol. But JFI 263 will limit many of these treatments to veterinary oversight only. However, there are many benefits to working with a vet. Here we go again. Professionals with extensive training who keep in mind the animal's needs plus the potential risk of antimicrobial resistance, establishing best management practices such as vaccinations and disease prevention plans will reduce the overall need for the antibiotics. Folks, the antibiotic situation is very, very, very serious. Some of the animals that you and I eat on a regular basis are given antibiotics on a regular basis even though you don't know it, and, or they change the names of the antibiotics, or they put other drugs in there that aren't listed as an antibiotic, but still are not a good thing to you be, for you to be putting into your body, folks. We've been doing this now since the 50s. I question a lot of the diseases, a lot of the maladies we've got that just almost didn't exist prior to then it needs to be looked into, folks. It's uh, it's becoming apparent that what we're doing to our food and our food chains is probably not healthiest and best for us. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.